Should we talk about Foucault? Because Foucault kind of is one of the key figures who was invited to the conference and present, and he presented, you know, this I, the ideas that are eventually published as the history of sexuality. With I think the, the first book is is published in 1976, so the you know the year after this, the year that follows this conference, and this conference was November, so it was probably it was almost certainly already largely written. Um, and it, you know, Foucault obviously is doing what you know we we was was becoming quite popular in this it, with with this group of intellectuals, which was to indeed challenge uh, Freud and this repressive hypothesis um, and the the idea that you know a, apart from anything else that you know sex had been repressed in Western society, uh, especially during the Victorian era, and you know and that idea of Foucault obviously kind of overturns and. Uh, you know, says, you know, rather instead of like repressing sex, you know, all the Victorians did is talk about sex, for example. Yeah. Tell us about, you know, why don't you tell us? Well, I think it's important to understand this, that Foucault was mates with these people and was a bit older than most of them. They sort of looked up to him and he liked the fact that they looked up to him. And they wrote forwards to each other's books and stuff. Like he famously wrote this forward to Deleuze Guattari's first book, Antiedipus. Nonetheless, he absolutely does not agree with them. I mean, he fundamentally, he is saying, and he says it, and we have the text of the talk he gave at the conference, where he called, it's called, is it just called We Are Not Repressed? Yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> right in front of me. We're going to open our coffees. <laughs> yeah, we probably should, so let's just say that there was this semiotext, you know, it published a special edition of the conference proceedings, and then... Um, a volume that reflected on it uh, and in 1978 with, um, is it MIT? Well, MIT uh, publishes yeah. all... Yeah, yeah published it, yeah. This, the semiotech stuff, technically. Yeah, yeah, so that came out a few it, yeah. years ago. It's a very nice... Anyway, well, yeah, You can still get this two-book slipcase set that contains the proceedings from the conference and then the, the copy of Semiotech's The Journal that came out a few years later, as you said. And... So this might be the first time Foucault presents this argument, this uh, we are not repressed. And let's be clear, he's taking a diametrically opposed position on this issue to L'Otranger and, and Deleuze and Guattari and all these people. L'Otranger and Deleuze and Guattari are directly in the tradition of Wilhelm Reich. Reich is a sort of follower of Freud, but he is not a, as socially conservative or pessimistic as Freud. And though, so he says Freud is correct to say that people have to re repress their libidinal energy, their sexual energy, in order to function in a civilized society. But he, un whereas Freud sees this as a process which is largely positive, it's a good thing that we don't just expend all their energy fucking each other all the time. And in fact, it's the sublimation of that energy, the channeling of that energy into other work that sort of makes civilization and certainly the higher forms of civilization like art and literature possible. Whereas Reich says actually it's quite bad the extent to which people repress their sexual energy. It leads to all kinds of pathologies and social social pathologies and, and people shouldn't do it. And he generates all kinds of theories, some of which are, are quite uh, bizarre about the nature of sexual energy and how it can be channeled, etc., and he's sort of a, you know, he's a, he, there's a lot of people thinking about this in the early 20th century. There's a lot of contemporary, a lot of modern occultism, for example, comes from this idea that somehow 
if you can find ways of ritually channeling your sexual energy instead of allowing it to be repressed or just expending it in having lots of sex, then you can produce magical effects in the world. So the, there's a lot of this around. And La Tranger very explicitly, like Deleuze and Guattari really, broadly does think, well, it's true that libidinal energy is re- is a thing and it's, and it's repressed by capitalist and state apparatuses and you have to find ways of de-repressing it. And they're trying to develop a way of thinking about that which takes seriously, for example, Marcuse's argument that advanced consumer capitalism allows people to de-sublimate their sexual energy, to sort of de-repress it, but in ways which are ultimately oppressive to them so basically, advanced consumer capitalism, according to Marcuse, allows you is less repressive in certain ways than, say, Victorian culture or early twentieth century capitalism. But it encourages you to sort of become less repressed, but then to channel your sexual desire into into the banalities of contemporary consumerism. So you know, the world, I always, I always think that the world. Marcuse is describing is the world of like the Mad Men TV show. It's these, you know, it's affluent, affluent Americans who might be having lots of casual sex and having quite a hedonistic lifestyle, but they're entirely inserted into the world of capitalist alienation and commodity circulation. And so Latranger and Deleuze and Guattari, they are trying to develop a more complex model than any of those people which takes account, which can sort of say that all, every, all of these people are right in certain ways, that Reich is, a lot of what Reich is saying is true, a lot of what Marcuse is saying is true. Freud is not wrong, but Freud might be wrong to assume that the existing forms of civilization are the only ones that we could have, and that we couldn't have ones that were less repressive. All of these guys are engaged with what the American philosopher Richard Rorty once called the Californian question, the question, how much repression need I endure to be like a civilised human subject? And in particular, Latranger and and Deleuze and Guattari, they're trying to develop a very sophisticated model of the ways in which indeed capitalism can repress, it can desublimate, it can oppress, and it can... and what it means to liberate ourselves under those circumstances is complex. It doesn't necessarily just mean having loads of casual sex, but it also probably doesn't mean just accepting that the normative nuclear heterosexual family is the only way in which sexuality can be legitimately expressed. So they're looking for this kind of more, much more complex model. Foucault is coming along saying, no, this is just all nonsense repression. As Just as you said, Tim, no, we're not repressed. Like We're constantly told in this society to think about sex we're encouraged to think about sex all the time and it might now what the actual political or aesthetic or ethical you know cash out of Foucault's observation is supposed to be is really never clear so when he develops this argument in the history of sexuality volume one he alludes to the possibility of a politics of bodies and pleasures but what that would look like he's ne- he's not clear and he's not clear well why you know what does it even mean really if if you're saying that it's not true that uh, that sexuality is this repressed energy if you're saying it's actually just a, a, a some a, a thing that gets constructed in discourse then well so what would that politics of bodies and pleasures look like and I think it's quite unsatisfactory in many ways actually where Foucault goes with this and it's significant that Foucault you know, he has that quite pessimistic take on the whole idea of sexuality to some extent in History of Sexuality, Volume 1. 
and then he loses interest that in that like a bit later after he spent enough time in california and the new york bathhouses he he starts writing about how cool it was to be an ancient athenian and have this very different kind of aesthetics of existence where it's it's fine to have homoerotic relationships with much younger men so it's really it's just i don't i'm I'm a bit of a skeptic about foucault i think foucault raises a really interesting set of questions and i'm sort of really always really minded of the fact that you know and when i was a teenager i remember having this very strong intuition that there was something about the way in which as a teenage you know as a as a young man you know i was very much encouraged by all kinds of culture around me to be sort of obsessed with sexuality to think of it as being at the center of my being and as the the only way i could be happy would be to be having lots of sex and i remember thinking i just there is something off about this There's, i feel like i'm being i'm sort of being sold something here by a culture which wants to distract me from the possibility of other ways of being in the world or just the possibility of having a nice you know emotionally fulfilling relationship with somebody so Foucault is definitely onto something and he definitely and it's why he's been so incredibly influential but to the extent that he is making a strong critique of the idea of repression i don't and you know he's sort of he's sort of the odd one out amongst the, the people at this conference and it's not totally clear and never becomes totally clear exactly what his alternative is to what people at l'étranger are are proposing um Foucault himself of course his i mean part of the thing with Foucault is, is from a Foucault it's always ironic with Foucault I always say to students that he himself is totally he's one of the leading figures of the idea that you shouldn't care at all about the biographies or personal intentions of writers when you're trying to make sense of their ideas you should just see what the text says and ignore all the rest but it's impossible to read Foucault once you know about his biography it's just it's irresistible to map the changes of his thinking onto his biography because you know, he definitely takes his his attitude to sexuality and selfhood is definitely affected by, for example, the move from Paris to New York, by spending lots of time on the emergent kind of Bay Area gay scene in the late seventies, by taking acid in Death Valley with graduate students in the seventies. It's quite clear that his thinking does change in response to all those things, and at this time. The general consensus among scholars and biographers of Foucault, I think, is that, well, his attitudes to all these things are quite heavily shaped by the fact that he is what we would now call a gay man and has been for quite a long time. Um, And he has basically quite enjoyed himself as somebody living like the rather secretive, almost furtive life of a Parisian or, you know, when he lived in Algeria, kind of Algerian-based, middle-class gay man who you know, does what we would now call cruising and cottaging and, you know, probably has sex with sex workers and things like this. And, yeah, he quite enjoys all that. You know, he's a, he's a rich, single, guy, white guy um, in a very privileged position socially. He quite enjoys being able to have a lot of casual sex and not have to form relationships with anybody much. He does seem to have had a sort of partner, but I'm not going to get into that now. I mean, I, um he quite enjoys all that and he doesn't really that much he's not that into the idea which is central to emerging gay liberation politics that well what it should mean to be a gay man now is to be is to basically behave mostly like straight people to have you know to have to have kind of you know fairly consistent relationships to be very open about them to be very very public and very visible 
in terms of who who you're having sexual relationships with and what the emotional terms of them are he's not that into all that uh and uh, by all accounts you know he's quite into snm he like he likes going to you know snm clubs and um and he doesn't really like having to account. He, he's not interested in having to really think about you know the ethics of that or to account for it. And all that is informing, you know, all that is informing his thinking about sexuality and its politics. I think 